Hey, what's up, guys? You're listening to Live It with Jake Sullivan. My name is Sam Fisher, and I'm the co-host here on the podcast. This episode, we're going to be digging into more of Jake's story and how God showed his faithfulness through many different trials. And if you want to follow along with Jake's story or listen to new content or know when the newest episodes are going to drop, go ahead and follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play Music to tune in. Thanks for listening. time I listen to that intro, I actually really like it more and more. You are. You have a voice really like for it. podcasts, voice for radio. Me? Yes. I hate my voice listening to it on <laughs> I podcasts. don't like listening to my own voice. That's why I listen to other people's podcasts. Okay, one question, though, before we start. Did you, like, cough during the intro music? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe well, I did. If the listeners hear it, the listeners hear it. If they don't... They don't, but hey, what's up, guys? We're here. We're here again. We're talking about um, Jesus. We're talking about... And Sam is trying to correct me how I can speak into the microphone without spitting on it. Oh, my gosh. And whether or not I cough during the introduction. Oh, my gosh. Um, We'll we'll let the listeners decide. Post it in the... Are there comments? I don't think there's comments on (laughs) Apple Podcasts or whatever. Yeah. Sam just said, don't eat peanuts before I... Don't eat peanuts. Advice for everyone. Do not eat peanuts before you record a podcast, because if you have any sort of microphone, any sort of equipment for recording, you will get peanuts and saliva all over. Well, it, that's what these things are all for, to catch it. my peanuts and catch my They're saliva. They're actually to keep, no. to keep like from harsh consonants, like if I say a k, like it's not going to... Oh pierce through the microphone and make like a really annoying sound or whatever it's actually really helpful i didn't i did not know this yeah but anyways you young guys jumping into our our podcast here or the next this next uh part of jake's story um and just really how the lord brought you through a really deep dark part of your life um so we talked about, in episode one, we talked about um, kind of your early years. Um, I, I was kind of labeling it and thinking about it like zero to 18, but we yeah. really were more talking about like ages 14 through 18 when yep. it really started, when when um, that OCD kind of started to kick in. You yep. started to realize what this was, that mental illness is a thing in your life yep. that um, was was taking hold of you. And well, yeah. And my brain doesn't quite function like everyone else. Like, right, you're different. Out, like, counting rituals to like seven thousand seven hundred seventy-seven is probably mm-hmm. not normal. Right, and you realize, wow, there's like something different. Yeah, in my brain going on. Lord, this is not right. Um, like thinking ahead into college, though, you're like, okay, let's. If I get to college, you know, I can. We can work this out. We can like it'll be a fresh start. OCD will not. It won't happen. It just, it'll just because it'll be a fresh start. You get to college. What happens? Yeah, it was that false hope, you know, place my hope in, okay, I'm going to go to a new town, a new city, a new basketball team, a new university, and this was just part of my old life, and when I quickly realized, no, this is this is how I'm wired, and this is who I am, and um, OCD wasn't going to go away, and, and really, it was going to be the thing that the Lord was going to use to draw me to himself. Right, and also, like, so, the, speaking of false hope, I mean, 
I mean, there was there was false hope in more than just you know going to college. There were there were doctors, you know, maybe the yeah. game of basketball, um, a girlfriend yeah. that that you were putting putting a false hope in that ultimately you know these things would be able to take away my pain, but um, really they they weren't. Yeah, no, nothing would. And you know, went and saw doctors and got on medication and and um, you know got into relationships and. Even basketball and and running to the court and trying to just run away from it in every every turn I could have and mm. what I really what just just came to know is that there there was no healing in any of it right and one of the really cool things though Jake one of the, the turning point of this story which we really talked about in um, the second episode of this story is is you found something though yeah you throughout your years in college you found a hope. Mm-hmm. And his name is Jesus, yeah. Jesus Christ, who died for you, died for oh. your sins, died for mental illness. He's greater than mental illness. He is. He is greater than all. And, you know, I, I still think back so much to 2001, the first time I walked into Salt Company at Cornerstone Church and just looked around me and, and not having a real faith background, not being in um, a non-denominational church format at all growing up and just looking around saying, OK, I got all the world could offer but these people have something I don't. Yeah. And that was ultimately Jesus. And it mm. really sent me on a couple year journey. Like, who is this guy named Jesus? What is he all about? And is he the answer to my suffering? Oh, wow. Praise God. That's such a cool, I remember having that realization too. Like when, I, I mean, I've grown up knowing who Jesus is, you know, my parents having faith, my family having faith and praying over me. But, you know, throughout high school, I had a similar journey with just kind of always feeling in a darkness because I was allowing myself to be to I was allowing myself to chase down feelings that were not God. Yeah. Um, and through substance abuse, through, you know, relationships that were um, that ultimately led me to a darker place. But all, having that realization is so cool. Like there is a God who is greater. There is. There is a, like a sacrifice that was made for us, yeah. that like through that we are now redeemed and there's light in our lives. I I just remember that being such a cool and it's still a cool like just, just not even just a feeling but more of like a, it's a new life. You know yeah. when a heart of stone turns to a heart of flesh, and you have this new love, a new passion and desire in you to just know who this God is, who this Jesus is. And not that everything is going to be perfect, right? Yeah. Like there's always going to be trials in your life and tribulation, um, but we have a strong and firm security um, in our lives that we can call Jesus. And so like, but of course, with that, with all that you dealt with, with all that I dealt with, there's a healing process. Well, there is a healing. And for me too, it wasn't an automatic thing in the moment, right? Like I think God does it often where somebody encounters Christ or encounters the Roma of Christ and just immediately they're a believer. Mm-hmm. I was curious. And I was like, who is this Jesus that they talk about? You know, what can he what can he give? What does he provide? You know, is he really the way to eternal life? And it was really a couple year journey, though I was going yeah. to Salt Company consistently on Thursdays, mm. attempting to wake up most Sunday mornings to try to get to church. I wouldn't say I became a believer until the intersecting of my healing process began right. with OCD. Right. So, Jake, um, so walk us through, uh, would you, walk mm-hmm. us through 
what that healing process yeah. looked like? Well, it's for me, it started with, I, I went to Iowa State and I decided to get my degree in psychology thinking, okay, I want to understand what was happening to me. And then I quickly realized, okay, I need to understand what is still currently happening to me. And what I began to understand in the realm of psychology as I studied it for my degree with this idea that I was going to be, get my doctorate in child psychology and I was going to help people and had this whole vision for it is that the only way I was going to experience healing was through something called behavioral therapy or more nowadays they all often refer to as exposure um, right. therapy. Yeah. Did that scare you? Well, it, it's petrifying because I can't imagine anyone walking through behavioral or exposure therapy, therapy right. without Christ. But people do it all the time. Well, they attempt to do it, and then they stumble right. and fall back. So right. what exposure? Right. So if you're a listener okay. and you're like, okay, what is exposure therapy? What is behavior therapy? Essentially, it is I have an obsession. So let's say that obsession is the white piece of paper on the ground. And I see the white piece of paper on the ground, and anxiety just riles up inside of me. And that makes me act upon the obsession, which is mm. picking up the white piece of paper. If I see the white piece of paper and I choose not to pick it up, then anxiety just skyrockets where it becomes absolutely paralyzing, where I was, I'd be on my bed for hours. But every time that you don't act upon the obsession, the anxiety lasts less and less. So let's say the first time it lasts 60 minutes and it goes away. Next time I see the white piece of paper, I don't act upon the obsession and the anxiety might last 59 minutes and 55 seconds. And mm -hmm. so every time it gets less and less, let's say for 200 times I didn't pick up the white piece of paper and the anxiety would last 15 or 20 minutes. But the 101st time I pick it up, I go all the way back to the beginning. So we're, basically wow. you're exposing yourself to the fear or to the obsession without acting upon the compulsion, which sends paralyzing anxiety which most people just don't have the strength. I don't know anyone personally that could have the strength to walk through a process like that without Christ and the Word of God. Right, and so really it was just, not just, I mean, you rely on, on God, on Jesus for everything to be your source of life, but for this specific thing, mm -hmm. it was relying on God, relying and trusting in Jesus to carry you through that yeah anxiety that just like crippling anxiety it sounds like yeah and it was it was that season where i was like okay god like i've i've learned who you are and one consistent thing that i would hear over and over about the word of god or the bible is that it holds a supernatural power mm -hmm. and i'm like okay if your word if first of all if you are who you say you are and your word has the power that it says it has then you're going to help me walk through behavioral therapy. Amen. I was not a believer yet. Mm. Like I had not surrendered my life to Christ. You just I, knew like this Jesus is something. Like there's something, something. here. And I was kind of yeah, like giddy right. where he threw down the sweater and be like, okay, if I wake up in the morning and it's dry, then I will know it's you, God. Mm. And then if I, wait, wait, wait. If I wake up the next morning and it's wet, then I'll know it was you, God. Right. And it's like this whole testing Kind of, yeah, and I'm not recommending that for people to come to faith, <laughs> right, right? Right, right. I understand this was my story, my journey of saying, okay, I know what's going to heal me, it's behavioral therapy, but I can't walk that journey alone, so I need something to come alongside of me, right? So I invited Christ in through His Word to walk with me in that journey, yeah. Yeah, And what I discovered, so here would be an example um, of a scripture that I really leaned on in those seasons, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, 
but of power and love and of self-control. And I actually had memorized it in the NIV at the time. For the Spirit of God gave for the for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us mm. power, love, and self-discipline. And wow. I really yep. kind of hung on to those last words, the idea of self-control and self-discipline. So not to act upon an obsession. I would need an incredible amount of power, self-control, self-discipline, not to act upon it. And I would just lean into God's word. Mm. So those moments I'd be laying in bed with tears running down my face, paralyzed with the anxiety, I would just say the verse. For God did not give me a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and of self-discipline. And that's how how I remembered it. So it was actually kind of funny trying to even read it off the actual Bible. But what I discovered is the power that is in his word to meet us in the darkness is real. Right. And once I understood that reality, then I was like, I'm all in. Amen. I, I, I want to know this Jesus, mm. and I gave my life over to Christ. So give us an example of like what that would look like with um, self-discipline and even like going through um, maybe a fit of anxiety and really needing to trust in the Lord, like maybe, maybe a story that you have or something yeah. like that. What kind of did that look like that you can just paint a picture for us? Well, I would just cry out the verse over and over and over and over. So I, I would have the obsession. I wouldn't act upon it. Anxiety would rile up. It, it it usually pinned me to my bed where I would just have to lay and just let it do its thing. And and my mind would focus on all these thoughts. But I, over and over, I would just say, God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a, a spirit of power, love, and of self-discipline. God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and of self-discipline. And I would reflect and I would meditate on those words. And I would just say them over and over and over again. Mm. In particular, I mm. said on that verse, there were other ones like James 1, right? Like count it. Joy, all brothers, when you face trials of many kind, yeah. that those trials produce right. perseverance, perseverance, character. So there were other verses I would lean on, but nothing right. as much as Second Timothy one seven. And I would yeah. just I would just cry them out over and over and over and over until the anxiety would go away. And what what God's word did is it always took me through the darkness. Mm. So like, what? How would you say that that shifted your mindset? Where did you kind of start seeing that that like made a difference? Well, I started seeing healing, right? I started seeing the anxiety less, uh, you know, kind of access my body less and less and less. So if I had an obsession, the anxiety would get to be less. Um, all of a sudden, white pieces of paper was the first one like I kind of overcame. And and I think one thing that we get mixed up sometimes in the church or in Christian right. settings is we want to place all healing on God. And he has the ability to heal anything. But I think with mental illness... Right. The power God's word gives allows us to walk through the natural healing process that have been created. So for obsessive compulsive disorder, if God wants to just lay down his hand on you and heal you in the moment, he has the power and the ability to do that. Mm. More times than not, though, I have seen people be healed through behavioral therapy by relying on God's word, which is very different. And, And what you hear often in the church is, you just need to have more faith. You need to have more faith. Mm, you need to have more yeah, faith. You don't have yeah. enough faith, and that's why you're not being healed. And it's like, right. well, no, you need to rely on God's word. And then God has created a lot of really smart people mm-hmm. for the care of his people. Right. And behavioral right. therapy, exposure therapy are one of those things. But it was it was a both. It right. wasn't an and or. I wouldn't say behavioral therapy healed me. I wouldn't say God healed me. Right. I would say Walking through behavioral therapy with God's word strapped to my side mm. is the thing that brought the healing. Right. I, I mean, that's a whole other conversation in itself, honestly. Like, we could go on and on about how 
you know, there's there's a side where, you know, God word says this. And if you're a Christian, you believe this and you don't need doctors because you have God. You know, many I'm I know a lot of people who like kind of are sitting on that side of, you know, the separation of church and everything. Yeah. You know, there there's you know what separation of church and state is. It's something that um has been has been talked about for a long time where mm-hmm. where church shouldn't have anything to do with the government because, you know, if you believe in God and you're a Christian or yada yada yada, then your beliefs are totally different than, you know, what a government could do or they they completely um are opposing a government in the, you know, a, a worldly government or something like that. Um, but the argument is, no, if you're Christian, I mean, I've heard this from different people, there should be a separation of church and everything. Yeah. You know, like, if you're Christian, you believe your God's going to heal you, then, I mean, w- what need do you, like, have for medicine? What need do you have for modern doctors, for modern... um healing processes for mental illness and, and all that, like physical therapy, you know, emotional therapy, all that kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, and this is, a, I mean, a whole other different discussion, which, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into now, but, like, God has given us resources. He has provided us things in this world. And, you know, I mean, all things in moderation, right? Yeah. Like, well, no, no question. And, he, and he's, he's created us each for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And so he's created the doctor. Now, right. there are some doctors that believe in Jesus, and there are some not. There are some that are serving him. There are some that are not. Right. And there are many ways that you can serve Jesus yeah. as a doctor, right? Correct. Like, people do it all the time. We watch that video of the um, um, doctors and um, emergency forces that are going into Iran yeah, and, and in also Syria. into Syria yeah. as well, mainly Syria, Syria, like, you know, the Syrian civil war has been going on for so long and, and they have a need for like medical personnel. And these, yeah. these um, mission teams are going into Syria to help out this cause and also to spread the word of the Lord, yeah, to spread the gospel. Yeah. The organization Christ. that Sam's referring to is Frontier Alliance International, fascinating organization, but they raise up medical doctors to go into war torn areas throughout the Middle East to essentially help the healing process of those right. wounded in war to proclaim the goodness of God. And, right. and I think at the church level, we have associated medicine with lack of faith. We have associated medical care with the lack of faith. Right. And it, it's it's not true. It's it's an absolute lie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not on medication. Like I am, I'm actually not for medication in a lot of situations. But there are seasons where I did go on, you know, antidepressant medications in in some of my darkest seasons. But healing comes oftentimes through both. Now God can heal. Right. Mm-hmm. God can do whatever God wants to do whenever right. God wants to do it. Yeah. He can take a tumor one day that that's showing up at an MRI, and there's no tumor the next day, and it's only the Lord. But oftentimes he uses his people to bring healing to others so that the gospel can go forth. Mm-hmm. And for me, God allowed me to walk that journey simultaneously so that I would begin to experience the power of his word. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and like his word is true. His word carries us in the darkness, right? Like I, I was listening to a sermon today from David Platt on Psalm 23, mm. like though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yeah. like yeah. there are going to be seasons that are dark. We, mm-hmm. we feel like literally death is creeping around the corner, but yet the Lord is faithful. Yet he is our shepherd. Yet he is there. And for us, he's there through his word. Right. Something that's super cool that I like to think about, Jake, is 
Now, at this time, you had mentioned that you hadn't decided to become a Christian, but you were starting to undergo this um, healing process. But something that's super cool about when we are we become a new creation in Christ, that literally means that we are a new creation mm-hmm. in Christ. We are we no longer have to live in shame. We no have no longer have to live in fear and doubt and guilt, um, and we are not the sin patterns that we fall into as as man on this earth, you know, because because if Christ died and resurrected and now it lives in us and the Holy Spirit falls on us, then the things that we are are the things of Christ, mm-hmm. and the things of Christ are not depression, and they are not anxiety. The things of Christ are love and their joy and their peace and patience yeah. Kindness, you know, all, all well, the fruits and, and of the let, spirit. That's and, a great point, Sam. And and I want to touch on that for just a bit too, because I think it, the freedom that we find in find in Christ by being a new creation gives us the freedom to speak out on the topic. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of Christians that are scared to speak out on the topic because it, they think it undermines their faith, or will people question the reality of their faith in Jesus? Mm. So for me. <clears throat> Or maybe even that they're like undermining the people who are really struggling with it. All ki- all kinds of things. Right. And, and, and this idea of a new creation means, well, it's just all gone. Mm. Well, no, there are actually lots of days, and we're going to talk about this in a future episode, you know, steps that I take yeah. in different seasons and different situa- situations in order to contain my anxiety disorder. But it's yeah. not like it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Right, there are still remnants of obsessive compulsive thoughts that run through my mind on a daily basis, but I'm no longer enslaved to them. Yeah, I'm now enslaved to Christ yeah. and the truth of His Word. So the, though the remnants still exist, I think sometimes in the church we're like, "What's well, just gone? You just healed?" Like, well, no, the remnants of it are still there. I still got to take certain precautions and steps on a daily basis. But I'm new in Christ, which also gives me the freedom to say, hey, I have suffered. Hey, I have suffered. Hey, I have walked through seasons of depression or I am walking through depression and we don't have to hide any longer. I think that's the ultimate freedom we find in being a new creation in Christ. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, so like another question that I have, Jake, is what does... God's words say about healing. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, this might take take a minute for uh, as you're as you're kind of thinking yeah. back on on just the story and how and how the Lord worked in your heart. What does God say? God's words say about healing. That's a complicated question, and we're really going to dive into that a little bit in the next episode. Like, right. even what does God's word say about things like an anxiety disorder? And mm. one of the things that we're going to see, and, and I'll walk you through some of the scriptures in our next episode, but there there are two types. I, I believe there are often two types of, of ways that anxiety disorder may manifest itself. So one is, I have been created uniquely by God. We'll talk about that in another episode. Mm. There is all also a demonic realm that we see throughout Scripture. So I think Mark chapter 5, we see it with Nebuchadnezzar in, um, in Daniel chapter 4. Uh, we see it with Saul, right? The evil spirit of the mm. Lord tormented him, mm. right? But for us as believers in Christ, right. 
I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Right, that's it. And, and once I have it. been sealed by the Holy Spirit, right. demonic things can't get into me. So there mm-hmm. is a component of this where I have been created uniquely by God for the purposes God has for me right. through his word, which, again, we'll talk about mm-hmm. in a future episode. Yep. But that kind of leads us e- even into the, the bigger picture of, of healing is that I have been created uniquely by God. Yeah. And if I've been created uniquely by God, I don't have to hide from this thing anymore. I don't have to run from it. I don't have to place my hope in false things. Like I can just come to the foot of the cross and just lay it there and God will do what God does through the people he often surrounds us with in our life. And that's been right. so much of and my that story. Could be, that could be doctors. That could be friends. That could be pastors, you know, well, all Luke, that kind of who, stuff. Luke, like, who right. wrote the majority of the New Testament, was a doctor. Mm, right. Right? So like, <laughs> okay, like, uh, yeah. God doesn't want you to go to doctors. He's going to heal you for everything. Well, he did pick a doctor to write majority of his New Testament, right? So yeah. th- there's components yeah. of both. And I think mm. those in the mental illness community that are also walking with Christ, they need to know the truth. And the truth is, mm. right, like you are a new creation in Christ. You have the freedom to speak about it. And God's word has the power to bring you healing. Right. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes through things like behavioral therapy, exposure therapy, or counseling or other types of things that, that are available to us in, in a first world context. Yeah, yeah. Like, so um, just kind of before we finish up here, Jake, yeah. um, I was thinking about um, this. I was trying to find this verse because I was really thinking about this idea of being sealed by the Holy Spirit and not being a slave to sin, not being a slave to these things of the world, but instead being a slave to Christ. And what does that actually mean? So for somebody who may not be a believer, who is listening to this or a new believer, that sounds kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a slave, you know, like that's like if I if we have freedom in Christ, what does being a slave mean? Like, that sounds weird. But in actually, I found this verse that I was actually looking for. It's in First uh, Corinthians um, seven twenty two. It says for the one who was a slave when called to faith in the Lord is in the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who was free when called is Christ's slave. When we are called into freedom through Christ, we are called a slave of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and yeah, but so like good. so, thinking about like a slave though, yeah. like what is a slave? So like when a bunch of people like like let, okay, let's say American colonists, you know, back in the day would have many slaves, um, and what what would happen is so slaves oftentimes tried to run away, mm-hmm. and they tried to turn to other other things in the world. I mean, to get out of the position of being a slave, nobody wanted to be a slave. Um, But but what would happen is when these uh, colonist slaves would run away, they would send people or go themselves to find this slave and bring them back every time that they ran away until the day that they set them free. Um, Similarly, when we are called by Christ and we are, we are, um, sealed by the Holy Spirit, we are called Christ's children, it doesn't matter what we do to try yeah. and run away from God. He is going to continue to pursue us and pursue our hearts. He wants us to be with him. Yeah. He is in continual pursuit of us. I think of the story of like Hosea and his wife and how much she often turned to having sex with other men. Yeah. All, all the yeah. time she Omar turned to prostitution. Yeah. yeah, she was a prostitute. And, and every time 
she ran to prostitution, he always went and paid to get her back. Right. Yeah. And he was always in pursuit. That's like a that's a great representation in the book of Hosea yeah. of God's love for us. And yeah, so he, he ru- and he runs after us. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. and he chases us down. And the other component I was thinking as you were describing this idea of being a slave to Christ is that as a slave, right, you had to lay everything down. There, mm-hmm. there was nothing that was your own, right? Everything was turned over to the slave owner. The same is true with Christ. Like, I get I get to, right? A slave didn't have the choice, right? But being a slave, like, I get to. It's an honor to lay everything down at the foot of the cross. Right. Like, Lord, like, you t- take everything that I have, including my brokenness. Mm. Right, yeah. including yeah. my mental illness, including my anxiety, including my depression. Like once I am in you, like I can lay all of that at the foot of the cross and it no longer has to define me. Instead, I am defined by the person of Jesus. Yeah. And what freedom there is actually mm. in that type of slavery, being a slave for Christ. Yeah, amen. That's so cool to think about. Well, uh, thanks for speaking into that, Jake. I really appreciate. Well, and, I, and I'm excited. Anyway. I'm excited for next week. So we're going to open up our the Bible. And we're just going to say, okay, um, what does the Bible have to say about mental illness? And right. this idea yeah. of God uniquely designing His people, and I'll kind of talk through what that looks like. So we're excited. We hope you keep tuning in. Yeah. Uh, pass on. Share. The podcast, subscribe, and and, um, hopefully we continue to make an impact for Christ by doing this. All right, sweet. Thanks, Jake. Thank you.